busy, you know, figuring out what we're going to give each other for, for Christmas. You know, the whole Christmas present thing. And you think that you understand and know the other person's needs. And as soon as you sort of go to the shops, you realize, well, I don't really know what this person needed at this point in time. I've, you know, I haven't noticed. I, I, I didn't really take notice. I'm not sure. But anyway, I would like to give this person the best present I can. Well, this is what Father God's heart looks like. He always wanted to give us a present, a, a, a gift. A gift. But it was like this, this uh, from the beginning of time. Beginning of mankind. Father God gave the first people, Adam and Eve, a God-giving spirit. A God-loving spirit. The kind of spirit that you need to be God's representative. Because he created Adam and Eve to be his representatives. To, to fill the earth. To live all across the world. To take care of it in God's name. And to represent him wherever they go. He gave them that spirit. But there was one thing, there was one rule of all the trees in the garden. You can eat all the trees of your choice, all the fruit for free. There's just one tree and you don't, you should not eat from that tree's fruit. Just that one. And then Satan came and said to Eve, it's a good idea to eat some of this. You will be like God. You will know good from evil. And she thought, well, that's, it'll be good to be like God. She did, just didn't realize that she is actually taking God's position in her own life. She's actually putting on God's shoes and when she eats of, this, of this, this fruit, she is actually disobeying God and deciding what is good or bad for her life. And she actually lets Satan into her life. And he changed everything. And she shared that word with, with Adam. And he ate from that, from that fruit. And immediately, everything changed for them. Everything They were naked. It didn't bother them. There was no problem with being naked. This is how God created them. They didn't need anything else. But suddenly, <laughs> it was only the two of them. And they were shy. We're naked. And they hid from God. And God said, what have you done? Where are you? Why are you hiding from me? Did you disobey me? Did you eat from the one, the one thing that I asked you not to do? You did that? From this day on, you have let Satan into your life. And from this day on, you will have to fight off Satan and all the consequences of Satan's work on this planet. 
Therefore, if you work, it'll be tiresome. If you bring kids into the world, it will be painful. Not because of me, but because of Satan. And there's just a little footnote why I need to emphasize the role of Satan in this whole process is because we think Satan dealt with the whole thing and Satan is not actually real. And this whole episode in Genesis was not real. It's just a story, but it's not a story. It is history. And when something goes wrong in our world today, and go look at all the First World War, Second World War, and all the wars that, that preceded that, and it's still happening, are still happening. We ask, where is God when all of this is happening? But we do not ask, where is Satan when all of this is happening? Because Satan is loose and well, and is working in us, and around us, and among us. Satan is for real. Don't miss that. We always preach the good Lord Jesus who forgives us our sin. Sin is nothing without Satan. Satan is the father of all lies. He is the essence of sin. He is the one that says, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? As long as you don't give everything you got for the creator God. who gave everything for you, who dreamt of you even before you were born, who had a plan for you, who still has a plan for you, and for your children, even those that would come in their generations. I have a plan for them. So, As a result, they started disobeying God. They hid from him. And the one thing that they really wanted to do and that they really found nice was sin. I can't say it's simpler. And it's still like that today. Sin is really... (laughs) Who would have done sin if it wasn't really, really, really good? So if you only have today and you live in the moment, you sin because it's really good. I mean, you get this one chance. Life is short. We live in the moment, so we sin because of Satan. And when the rotten fruit starts dropping all over the place, we ask, where was God when this happened? No, no. We were hidden from, hiding from him. We were turning our backs on him. We were not living for him. We didn't listen to his voice because we did what Adam and Eve did. We decided to be God in our own lives. Now that's the backdrop. So we cannot understand infant baptism unless we understand this whole process. So God said, no, this is not it. This is not good enough. I have a gift for you, Adam and Eve, and for your generations that would come. I have a gift. Guess what is that gift? Something you put under a Christmas tree that you can hang on a Christmas tree? What is that gift? 
I'm not going to expect anything to answer me. You might say, he gave us Jesus on the cross. Is that the gift? We can say, he gives us eternal life. We can live forever, and it's going to be good. Is that the gift? Oh, we can say many things. He gives us his grace. We can say it in so many different words or forms. But no, that's not his gift. Do you know what his gift is? His own spirit. The spirit that died the day when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. He gives them a new spirit. He offers us his own spirit. The life-giving spirit. As a free gift. As a merciful gift. As a gracious gift. As a gift that his own son would pay for with his life. That is the Christmas gift. That is what infant baptism is all about. About that gift. Now I'll try to explain it. There's so much more to be said. And you see I get a little bit worked up, uh, worked up about this because this, the shorter your career as a minister you know, gets, the less time there is left to share this gospel and this is pretty serious. It's about our eternal future, every one of us, and our children and our grandchildren. So I'll try to summarize this as quick as possible. Infant baptism is like a gift voucher. You know, we go to Kurong or to Gloria Jeans or one of those shops, and you buy, is there Gloria Jeans? Am I, sorry? Yeah, okay. Coffee, yeah, the, the, yeah one of those. You buy, buy this, this gift voucher, and then you go to your child and you say, listen, congratulations on your birthday or on Christmas or whatever, and I bought you this little gift voucher. You don't tell them what it's all about. You just say, you know, bought you this little gift voucher. And you, know, you know, little kiddies, they get the big and beautiful and interesting presents and they get this little card. So what do you do with the card? You chuck it there on a, on a shelf or in a, somewhere, or maybe it ends up with a lot of rubbish and it gets thrown away. But that gift voucher paid for something really precious that mom or dad really wanted for you. It's just a voucher. So the thing is, mom or dad has to tell them what this voucher is all about. Mate, this gift voucher says that Jesus gave his own spirit into the Father's hands at the cross. He said, Father, I commit my spirit into your hands. And Father God says, because you are sons and daughters of, Christian, of, of Christ Jesus who rose from the dead, I send my spirit, the spirit of my son, into your heart. This is why you call me Abba, Father, Daddy. That's why. Because of my spirit. 
This is my gift. And you know, God promised you that spirit. His spirit. Jesus died. He paid with his life to make his spirit available to you, to call you his brother, his sister, his co-heir of the kingdom of God. Gives you this little gift voucher. Infant baptism. You needn't worry about what's going to happen to your child because you got the gift voucher. The gift voucher is not the present. It's not the gift. It tells us about the gift. Now, some of us are lucky. We have moms and dads who knows what the gift voucher is all about, who tells us this, this gift is for you. This is the whole history behind this gift. Father God wants you to have it. His own spirit. So, at first, the gift voucher came in the form of, of um, circumcision, a bloody sign. It was a bit messy. And every time when the child asked, what does this sign, this sign means? Mom and dad had to tell them, because Father God promised to be your God and the God of your children in their generations to be your God. He promised you his eternal kingdom. He promised to send someone to pay for this gift, his own son with his own life. And then the son came. Father God fulfilled his promise. His son came. And he paid with his life. And his son said, it's finished. It's fulfilled. The gift has been paid. My father's gift is free and it's available for you now. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you're coming from. Doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. Doesn't matter about Satan and sin. This is how I redeem you from Satan's work in your life. His power over your life. This is how I redeem you with my spirit. So, no bloody sign anymore. Now we have a choice. And I'm going to be honest with you, everyone who's sitting here in this church today. My child doesn't come from a heathen family that doesn't get the meaning, the meaning of the gift voucher because there wasn't a mommy or daddy who told him about the gift or her. It was my responsibility to live the love, the grace that I received from him in the life of this child so that this child could understand the gift. So that when this child comes to, comes of age, could understand and would come and say, Father God, I want to redeem this gift voucher now. I come to ask you, give me the gift. Give me your spirit. 
the spirit of your son. That is infant baptism. But in a world where there's no mummies and no daddies who can explain the gift, who can sort of have a gift to help their little babies understand as has got this gift for them. They just don't, don't know about the gift. They just don't know. Nobody tells them. Maybe someone, somewhere, a friend or a teacher or whoever might come their way and say, did you know the Creator God has got this gift for you? The Spirit of His own Son that can change everything for you? That can give you eternal life? Did you know? No, I didn't, didn't know about that. Tell me more. Or, listen, I don't care. Stuff your gift. Stuff your little card. Means nothing. Piece of paper. Story. Do you understand when someone doesn't have anyone who tells them about this gift and grows up and eventually hears about the gift and starts dreaming about this gift and then eventually ask God to send this gift to give him your, his spirit, to give you his spirit. That happens in a mission, missionary world where people do not know God. And then they come to Christ and they receive the spirit of Christ in their hearts. And they become the mummies and daddies. They receive the gift. So what do they do with their children? They say, no, it's all right. We'll wait until you come to your senses and figure it out for yourself. I'm not going to tell you about this gift. I'm not going to tell you. Figure it out for yourself. This is a modern world. There's a lot of messages out there. Figure it out. I'm not going to influence you in this whole process. Nonsense. Not when we deal with the real God. Not with the, when we deal with the Creator. He's giving us this free gift. So when we grow up, as Christian parents, how on earth can we not bring our children to be baptized? How on earth can we, do, can we not tell them about this gift? How on earth can we treat them like there's no God that really cares for them? They've got to get baptized. And we've got to tell them what baptism means. Because faith grows in our hearts. It grows in relationships. <clears throat> it's not just theory. It is something that grows on you like love. This is why I am a reformed minister, because of infant baptism. Otherwise, I would have been a Baptist. Yes, in a heathen world out there, I would have been a Baptist. And we've baptized um, adults here because nobody told them. 
and they became Christians here, and they were baptized here. But they had this responsibility for their own children to decide, am I going to tell them about this gift, or am I going to wait? Maybe just give them a chance to sort of get a blessing or get a christening where they sort of at least get a name in a church or something until they come to their senses and their own faith. So I'm sorry to say, no. In our families where we are covenant families, where we know the covenant promise of God, we've got to share it with our children and we've got to give them the gift and we have to fulfill our promise. So here's two babies today. And God has planned for their lives, plans for their lives. And He loves them. And he cares for them. And he knew, he, knew, he knew their histories long before they were born. Don't hinder the children. Let them come to me. Let, them, let me lay my hands on them and bless them. Because my gift is for them. My gift is theirs. So mommies and daddies, you've got to tell your kids what this baptism means. You've got to tell them what this gift bought for them. Congregation. We have to help the mummies and daddies in this whole process. Father God, here we are in your presence and we thank you for the gift of your spirit. And we pray that your spirit will drive out the darkness in our lives and around us. The darkness of Satan and his world and his influence and his temptations. And we pray that the light of your spirit will always burn in our hearts for the sake of your glory. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So I would like to invite Hera to um, help us with the other formalities of, 